that we have in you, Lord. And I ask that you would help us to see that the hope that we are to be for this world. In Jesus' name, I ask for your anointing as I preach. I pray you would touch every heart that's here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can be seated. My title tonight is Hope for Our City. Hope for Our City. And by our city, certainly I mean Mariana, but I mean the group of people that you have influence oh, yeah. with. Amen. Oh, yeah. And so you could fill in the blank. Hope for our, our, our family. Hope for our friends. Yeah, hope for those that, that are around us. Uh, hope for our city. Oh, yeah. Ecclesiastes oh, chapter 9, verse number 14 through 18. There was a little city with few men in it. And a great king came against it and besieged it and built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man. And he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that same poor man. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised. And his words are not heard. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard rather than the shout of the ruler of fools. Yes. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. That's right. A little city had just a few men. And they were facing... A besieging army that not only seemed to have many troops, but it said they had great snares. It seemed that this city would have no hope. And, and, and then when we hone in and get a little closer to the key characters in this story, we have the little city has a, a poor man. Yeah. And the besieging army has a great king. Now, if you were to try to balance those scales, if you were to see which way would it tip, would it tip towards the little city with just a few men or the great army with a great many stairs? Would it, would, it, would it tip towards the poor man or towards the great king? We would assume that that city had no chance of survival. They wouldn't have the necessary resources. They didn't have the necessary manpower. They didn't have the necessary strength to deliver themselves. What were they against so many? Yeah. And this was a true event. This does not seem to just be a parable, but, but he's reflecting on this and then using it as a lesson for the value of wisdom. You see that poor man, though he was poor, he was a wise man. Yeah. And so his stature was so insignificant. He was not of nobility. He was not of royalty. He was not what would be considered a hero. He was so insignificant that afterwards he was forgotten. After his death, he's forgotten the history. We don't know his name. I, I can't tell you who he was or exactly what he did. What, what his deed was of great wisdom that, and, and how it was 
given and, and was given attention by the city. How this wise man was able to grab the hearts of the people and the ears of the movers and shakers. What exactly he did and how he spread his wisdom, we don't know. He's just an insignificant poor man. But that poor man had the words of salvation. Somehow, the wisdom he had was heard. And evidently, it was believed. And evidently, it was followed because the wisdom of the poor man was enough to save that city and right. deliver that city from its adversaries, from the enemy. The wisdom that one poor man carried. And so, based on this story, verse 16 draws the conclusion that wisdom is better than strength. When we speak of this poor man, we're, we're speaking of a person who wouldn't be one that had the power to, to gather an army. He didn't have the necessary political power or clout to call the city together and to order one here and one there. He didn't have access to whatever limited number of troops that they had. He was just a poor man. He had no strength at all by the world's standards. Right. And he said, but what he had was the wisdom that they needed. And so he said, wisdom is better than strength. And then he, he bemoaned the fact that so often uh, poor men are not heard. Because the world doesn't seem to recognize the wisdom that they have. The words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard over the shouts of fools. But that's not how it works, is it? Usually it's the one that has force and has power and has the microphone, so to speak. The one that has influence, that sets the course for men. And it doesn't matter how wicked they are or how foolish they are. They seem to have the power. But he says, wisdom is more powerful than the weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. This last sentence points to the fact that the wisdom that we're speaking of here, it, it's not earthly wisdom. It's not an accumulation of knowledge. It's not planning and strategy. I doubt that this poor man was a military genius. I don't think that's the point of this at all. But but maybe, maybe he was a wise man that, had influence with the God of heaven. Maybe he was one that had enough wisdom to tell them to turn from their sins and to call out and God would save them. We don't know what he said, but somehow his words were enough to influence that city. And we see the contrast here. It is not just between ignorance and wisdom, not just between the foolishness of men and the wisdom of men, but the contrast he makes is between wisdom and sin. Wisdom and sin. He tells us of a wise man that saved a city and one sinner can destroy much good. 
And so the wisdom we're speaking of here that, that this, this wise saying is supposed to tell us about is not the wisdom of the world. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19 says, the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 15 says, for us to walk circumspectly, uh, not as fools, but as wise. Yeah. That we're, we're to be wise in this world, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, Paul wrote, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so when we read in the Bible about the virtue of wisdom, and certainly there's some practical day-to-day -day knowledge and wisdom to get through the, the, the earth down here, but that's not primarily what it's speaking about. It's speaking about the wisdom of God, the will of God, the understanding of what's right and wrong, the righteousness of God. And so poetic wisdom in the Old Testament or, or true wisdom in the New Testament is different than what we think of when we say, well, that's a wise old man. And, and it's different than what we think of when we say that someone is being foolish. There, There is a, a, a moral component to this, a spiritual component to this. Amen. When we speak about wisdom and foolishness, we're talking about more than just what you think in your mind, but what you believe in your heart. The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Amen. It's, uh, you don't want to call somebody a fool. You're, you're wow. saying they've rejected God. That's a judgment that you don't want to, that you don't want to do. And we're speaking of this. It's, it's much more than just whether someone is smart or dumb and whether they make good decisions or bad decisions. There is a spiritual component here. We're talking about the wisdom of righteousness and yeah. knowing and obeying the will of God. Right. And so when we read throughout the Psalms and the Proverbs, when it discusses this, it tells us wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from the law of God. Wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. It even says wisdom comes from righteous people. If we'll get around righteous people, they can be a source of godly wisdom. Uh -huh. I'm thankful for the church. Uh -huh. Amen. Amen. And so we are in a wicked day with many people that are deceived and they're headed for destruction. Right. We're in a day when those that the world would consider wise will argue about the basics of biology. And those that the world would consider philosophers will argue about whether we just spontaneously came into existence that, that nothing produced everything that we see. And, and that's considered the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is driving men to materialism and driving uh, uh, ladies to abandon their family for the sake of career and calling that advancement. And, and, and we're not against women having a career. I'm saying right. the priorities of this world are completely skewed, though. Yeah. Amen. 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 Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But, but the Bible warns of what the world calls wisdom and what it calls valuable and what it calls a priority and what the scripture says. Uh -huh. 
So our, our world will say that it is a woman's right to choose the life of their child, but the child has no rights. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's the wisdom of the world. Justice is turned around backwards. Right. Uh, and what the world says is right is increasingly wrong. And the world is so turned around. What is right, it's considering wrong. And what we know from the scripture is the liberty we receive in the Lord. The world sees it as bondage because they're all flipped upside down. They've got everything backwards. True. Amen. The wisdom Amen. of the world is foolishness to God. Amen. We've got to quit caring what the world says about how we worship right. and how we pray and how we live and how we praise God and all oh, that. Yeah. We're not trying to please men. We're trying to right. please the Lord. Amen. Amen. I've got it in my heart. I Amen. want to hear him say, well done, yeah. thou good and faithful oh, servant. Yes. And as long as he thinks I'm doing a good job, oh. then I did a good job indeed. But if the Lord says that I'm doing it wrong, then I've got to turn around. I've got it all backwards. Amen. Yes. So we live in a wicked day. We live in a deceived generation. We, we, we live with an advancing enemy. And it's time for wise men to rise up. Yes. If the city's going to be spared, there's got to be a wise man who has a word for the hour. It doesn't mean that you have to be educated. I'm telling you, the world is full of people more educated than me. It doesn't mean you have to be smart. The world is full of people much smarter than me. You don't have to be successful. You don't have to be experienced by the world standard. All you need is the word for the hour. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to receive a word. We are besieged by a strong king. In fact, the Bible describes him as the prince and the power of the air. In one place, he's even described as the God of this world. I'm not talking about the great God of heaven. I'm talking about our enemy, our adversary. Yeah. He has great authority down here. He, he, he has a mighty, mighty, powerful army. He's got a world that's trying to conform us. He's got right. spiritual wickedness in and, and high places. And, oh, and, and this world is powerless against him. Your, your loved ones are powerless against him. I know they right. have a right to choose, but I'm telling you his weapons, his temptation, his condemnation, his accusation, the things, the way that he appeals to our flesh. He is a, quite an adversary indeed. In fact, he is nearly undefeated. All right. men have sinned and fallen short of the glory yeah. of God. Amen. Right. He gets his victories. There's only been one that he wasn't able to instead. Oh, only yeah. one. Only one. He is a very powerful adversary. And so your loved ones are very small by comparison. Your family is very small by comparison. This church is very small by comparison. Our, our city, if we could get everyone to agree together, we don't want any more sin here. We don't want, we want to drive all the bad 
drag people out. We don't want anybody selling drugs on our street. We don't want anybody influencing our children to go the wrong direction. I'm telling you, if we all got together, we still wouldn't be able to push the darkness out of this city. Not with our willpower, we couldn't. Not with our unity, we couldn't. Not with any dictates or laws. We just can't do it. He exercises great authority. The world is powerless to stop him. You can't beat the devil out of your family. Now, I don't mean that like it sounds, but you can't do that either. You may feel like trying to beat the devil out of him, but when you're done, he'll still be there. Yes, he will. But what I mean by that is, is we're wrestling against spiritual darkness. And you can't, you can't beat him back with your willpower. You can't beat him back just with your resolve. I made up my mind. The devil's not going to touch my children. Well, that, that sounds good. Now you've got to convince him. Right. You can make great proclamations. I'm taking back what he stole from me. I'm claiming my kids. And, and, and I'm not mocking any of that. If, if we're doing it in faith and asking the Lord to help. But I'm telling you on your own. You are powerless against right. him. You can say whatever you want to say, but when you get done talking, the tempter's going to go on tempting because that's just who he is and that's what he does. I wish it was as easy as I could just put a fence around my kids and he couldn't cross it. But do you know, he had the audacity to come into Jesus' inner circle of disciples and when it was all said and done, he had come to dwell inside of Judas. He'll do the same to those that are closest to you. He'll he'll try to get near to them. No matter how powerful you are, how prayerful you are, don't sit around blaming yourself. If I could have kept the devil at bay, well, honey, you can't. Amen? Amen. And I'll tell you what, in fact, he even tried to trip up the Lord himself. Yes, he did. And so you better take heed to the scripture that says, Therefore, let him that thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Because he's coming for you and me as well. We don't want to underestimate our adversary. There truly is a battle, amen? And he truly is a great adversary. A terrible adversary. A powerful adversary. He, He is a master predator. He he comes to kill. And he knows what he's doing. He he comes to steal. He comes to destroy. And and he's got a lot of experience. He's been a devil a lot longer than you've been a saint. Don't underestimate your adversary. That little city would have been ran over if they would have underestimated the wicked king that was outside of their walls. If they hadn't realized the power that he had, they wouldn't have had a chance. Uh, We've got to understand that this is real and we're in a battle. Don't don't underestimate him, but can I say, don't be intimidated or paralyzed by fear either. Amen? 
Because the scripture tells us wisdom is better than weapons of warfare. It's true. I don't have any power against him on my own. It's true. I don't have the ability to talk someone to the point where they make the right decision. And I'm trying to train my children up, but I don't have the ability so that they'll never make a mistake. I'm not a good enough example for them to always get it right. Amen. I'm trying to do the best that I can, just like you did the best that you could. But when it's all said and done, I'm I'm not able to do it. I I don't I don't have the, the necessary means to completely destroy my enemy on my own. But I'm telling you wisdom. Wisdom is better than any weapons that you could have. You may seem like a little poor nobody. It's true. But if you know Jesus, then you know the secret to victory. Uh Amen? Amen. If, if If you know Jesus, then you've got the words that can save many alive. I'll tell you what this city needs. It doesn't just need more factories. That would be nice. But but that's not what it really needs. It doesn't just need more industry. That would be nice. It it doesn't need a higher standard of education. That would be nice if if we could get everybody educated. But you know, that's not what what we need is revival. That's the hope for the city. You've got the word that people need. If you know Jesus, you've you've got the answer. A poor man had access to wisdom. He must have been a righteous man. A poor man, but somehow his testimony influenced the city and they were spared. I don't know what it was. I don't know what he said. I don't know how he got their ear. Usually people just ignore the advice of a poor man, but but they were in desperate enough measures and in bad enough straits that they heard this man and they were saved. And that is still the hope for the world today. That maybe if it gets bad enough, they'll come to themselves. Maybe if they'll get tired enough. Maybe if it gets dark enough, they'll see the light that's in my life and that's in your life. And so I don't have to have great ability. I don't have to be wise. I don't have to be eloquent. Thank God for it. I don't have to be so smart that I can cancel everything away. But I'm telling you, I've I've got the word that people need. Amen. I know the answer. And his name is Jesus. See, I'm a wise man. Oh, I'm a wise man. And I'm not bragging because you are too. That's why you chose to be here tonight. In all the foolish places you could be, you turned around and you showed up at the house of God. Hallelujah. We've got the word of wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 through 24 says, We preach Christ crucified. You know what that is? He says, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Wisdom will save a people. It's the word of salvation. And that word is Christ. He goes on to say in verse 30, Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. 
So I tell you why I'm getting a little loud tonight. I didn't know I was going to, but if I can make it simple, I'm just glorying in the Lord. I'm thinking about what God's going to do. I'm thinking about how God's going to use me and use you. I'm thinking about what we're going to see. Amen. By faith, I'm claiming some promises because I know that the word of salvation has been entrusted to us. I know what the answer is. I know how people can get free. I know how people can find hope. I, I know how lives can be turned around. And the only answer is Jesus Christ. He did it for me. He did it for you. And he'll do it for whosoever will. And so I glory in the Lord tonight. I glory in Jesus Christ. I exalt his name high above the heavens. Hallelujah. I'm just a poor man, but boy, I've been entrusted with a rich word. Amen. I'm just a poor man, but God has put a hope inside of me. I've got the message of salvation, and it's come from heaven's throne. My wisdom, this word of salvation, it comes from God. Amen. I know what the Bible says. The word was made flesh and the word dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the father, the word, the wisdom of God has a name and that name is Jesus. Amen. There's a word of wisdom to save our city and that name is Jesus. That answer is Jesus Christ. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. I'm ready to see people just really open up and call out to God. And when that happens, we're going to see people be baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When people call on the name of the Lord, we're going to see some hearts fixed and some minds fixed and some lives fixed. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's why I'm not moved by the shouts of the ruler of fools. I'm not, I'm not moved by what the adversary has to say. I don't care what he says. Because I know that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow of things in heaven and things on earth and even the things that are under the earth. I've got a word of hope. I've got a word of salvation. I've got a name above every name. Hallelujah. I've got a word of wisdom. Hallelujah. I've got a reason to believe. I know who Jesus is. I don't care what the ruler of fools has to say. I don't care what the world has to say. I don't care what the devil has to say. He's accuser of the brethren, but don't you forget, he's a liar, amen? He may remind you of things that are already forgiven, but I'm telling you when the Lord says that it's forgiven and it's forgotten and it's no more, your record has been cleansed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He'll try to destroy your faith. He'll just try to destroy your hope. He'll convince you you're just a little poor man. You can't make any difference. You're just a little poor woman. You don't know how to do anything. You can't do it right. You can't say it right. Everything you touch falls apart. Don't you listen to that devil. 
Right. Hallelujah. He'll come to you with condemnation. But what did it say? Jesus is our wisdom. And when he's our wisdom, he is our righteousness and he is our sanctification and he is our redemption. So I've got an answer for every accusation. I am righteous in Jesus Christ and I'm sanctified in Jesus Christ and I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I So I'm going to say it again. I'm just glorying in the Lord tonight. I may be poor by by this world's standards, but I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I don't have as much ability as a lot of people, but I've got everything that I need whenever I've got the word of salvation. Oh, hallelujah. We've got the word of salvation. We've got the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Verse number 31 says, then what shall we say to these things? What, what am I going to say? What, what do I have to voice? I've got a word. If, if, if God is for us, then who can be against us? That's, that's my answer to the encroaching darkness. That's my answer to the sins of Mariana, the sins of the United States, the sins across the world. We've got God for us. So who can be against us? Amen. Amen. Oh, we've got an answer. We know where victory comes from. Yes, we do. You've been entrusted with something that's precious. The scripture tells us that wisdom is worth more than rubies. It's worth more than gold. It's worth more than anything else you could get. Get wisdom. Get a word of salvation. Get some hope. Get an answer. Amen. Get a hold of God. That's what it's saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have been entrusted with the word of salvation. Right. A little poor man, what could he do? But he had the word of wisdom and it saved a city. You, you've been entrusted with it. I can't explain why God does what he does. What am I doing here in Mariana, standing up here preaching to you fine folks? But God just does what he does. He entrusted me with the word. And if you'll be honest, what are you doing sitting on the pew? You could have been dead. You could have been in the streets. Many of you didn't come from a church background. But wasn't God rich in mercy? Amen. And he has entrusted us with a precious gift. So who are we to sit and say, well, I don't know what I can do. I don't know who would ever listen to me. I don't know what the answer is. I'm, I'm not good with my words. I get twisted up and I don't know how to witness and I'm intimidated. I'm, I'm not that impressive. I can't read that well. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at that high thinking. People can turn me upside down and all around. Can I tell you, you have an experience with God and you know the word of truth. And that word is more than just letters on a page. It's the God of heaven. It's the man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You've got a word. You've got something to share. Hallelujah. And you're right. A lot of people may not listen to you. Pity on them. Because they won't listen to the wisdom of a poor man. 
pity on the world that wants you to have plaques on the wall and diplomas here and there before they'll hear your testimony. But that doesn't mean that you can't keep quit talking. Amen. That doesn't mean that you can't keep sharing. That, that doesn't mean that you don't have something worth saying. That doesn't mean that you're not going to make a difference in somebody's life because every once in a while, there's a city that hears wisdom from a poor man. There just might be someone in your family that's more open than you think they are. You might have a neighbor who's more hungry than you realize. Hallelujah. You may have a co-worker. You may have someone who's really searching. And when the time is right, when you begin to speak to them, they just might be the ear that'll listen. And the words of wisdom that can come out of just poor old me and poor old you can save a city. You've got all that it takes for the whole world to be saved. I still think Jesus is the answer for the whole world. There's not a problem too hard. You've got the answer that everybody is looking for. You may seem like you're insignificant and it's true. The poor man's going to be forgotten. Eventually, I hope, I hope whenever I'm dead and gone, there's somebody here that remembers I came here. Yeah. But you know, you wait long enough, nobody's going to know I was here. Chances are, nobody's going to remember me a hundred years from now if the Lord tarries is coming. I'll just be a name on the records of uh, the family records if someone searches through the genealogy. And, and I probably won't even be a name of no, just to be honest. And, uh, the, the truth is, a poor man doesn't get remembered. But can I tell you, his word can have eternal impact. Amen. It's not about me and it's not about you. But it's about the word that God has placed in your heart. It's about the difference that you can make. It's about the number of souls in the city that are saved. That's what matters. It was never about our reputation anyway. It's about his. It's about his. Hallelujah. Poor men are forgotten. And that's kind of the point. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 26 says, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh. I'm just I don't know that. Perfect. You'll work. Not many mighty speaking according to the flesh. Now, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. He's talking about us. Now that will humble you quick. Yeah. God has chosen the weak things of the world. To put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world. And the things which are despised. God has chosen. And the things which are not. To bring to nothing the things that are. Uh-huh. It may seem like just poor little OU. But when it's all said and done. All the kingdoms of the world are going to fall. And all that's going to remain is going to be the Lord, His Word, and His Kingdom. So you get in that kingdom, amen? And whoever you can bring with you, that's what's going to remain. When the enemy's kingdom comes down, when it all shakes out, the righteous are going to be shining like the sun. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, His kingdom begins to crumble when we speak up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sinners are converted when the church speaks up. Revival comes when the church speaks up. Salvation comes when the church speaks up. 
when a little poor man with a rich word will open up his mouth and he'll keep talking until somebody hears him. Amen. And they may despise it. They may reject it. Keep saying it anyway. They may not celebrate it. Keep saying it anyway. Because somebody is going to hear and somebody is going to be saved. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he warned them, there's going to be people. Hey, you're just common fishermen. There's going to be people who aren't going to want to hear you. There's going to be people that hate you. There's going to be people that reject you. He said, but when you go, the ones that do receive you. He promised if they receive you, they're receiving me. If they receive you, it's my kingdom that's coming to them, not just you. And, and those that won't receive you, it'll be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment. That's the impact of one little poor man with the word from God. Amen. That's the impact of your testimony and my testimony. There are some people, your words are going to bring them close to the kingdom of God. There are some people that are going to receive you before they ever receive Christ. There are others who will reject you. They'll reject what you have to say because you're not much to look at and not much to listen to. And all the other reasons they may say that about us. And they don't recognize what they're really turning their back on. Right. Are there any wise men here? I'm not speaking of the wisdom of the world. I'm speaking of people who know what it takes to be saved. Are there any righteous ladies in the church tonight? Anyone who can say, you know, the Lord turned my life around and I'm not the person that I once was. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore by the help of the Lord. And I'm a living witness and I can testify of his power. Are there, are there any saints of the most high God in the house today? Because you are the world's greatest hope. We're not looking for somebody else. The Lord chose you. You don't need somebody to move in. The Lord chose you. Amen. And the Lord chose me. And the Lord called us. So keep speaking. Keep witnessing. Keep praying. Keep interceding. Keep leaving. Keep lifting up your voice. Until someone listens. Hallelujah. Till someone listens. I'm going to read one more scripture. And then I want us to pray. And we're going to pray for God to fill, first fill our hearts with boldness. Amen. What would you do if you weren't afraid? If we could get past the mindset that just poor little me. No one's ever going to listen to me. That city's glad there was a poor man that spoke up. If we can get past the idea that nobody wants to hear us. If they reject my gospel, they're rejecting me and it hurts me so bad. I'm going to pray for the Lord to give us boldness. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to ask the Lord to fill our mouth with his words. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. James chapter one, verse number five says, if any of you lacks wisdom. Let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. 
I'm telling you, God will give you the wisdom yes. to perform yes. His will. Yes. God will give you, and it's not His will for any to perish. And so if His will is going to be done, He's going to be using us as vessels so that He can save many alive. Amen. The Lord will give you the wisdom. The Lord will give you the words. The Lord will give you power. Whenever I pray for this city, do you realize what I'm really praying for is me? When I pray for the lost of this city, I'm praying for you. Jesus said, pray for the laborers. Whenever I pray God send salvation, I need to recognize what I'm really saying is, Lord, send us. I'm praying that we will learn to speak the truth in love. I'm praying, God, help us to know how to be ready to give a defense, an answer to everyone who asks about the hope that lies inside of us because we are the hope for this city. If you lack wisdom, then we need to pray. If you don't know how to share this message, we need to pray. If you're intimidated, we need to pray. Let's do it right now. Would you stand to your feet? I don't know how long you've all been serving the Lord or when's the last time that you had the privilege of seeing someone come to the Lord because of your testimony. The, the privilege of seeing someone repent because of the life that you lived. And, and, and seeing someone baptized in that name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and knowing that in some small way God used you for His will to be done on earth. There's just... Nothing like it. And if it's been a while, I want to encourage you right now. And let's pray and ask the Lord to give us the wisdom to be effective witnesses. Amen. Lord, I ask that you would transform my mind. How can I expect other people to believe?